Are you part of a church leadership team committed to the mission of disciple-making, but ready to learn more about the method? Then join us at discipleship.org's National Disciple-Making Forum, October 5th through 6th in Nashville. Navigators Church Ministries has set aside the evening of October 5th for our discipleship dinner and dialogue. We're looking for one church to join us for a personalized coaching session over dinner. To enter, all you have to do is visit navigatorschurchministries.org and tell us about your church. The winner will be announced on Friday, September 30th. But no matter what, we'll see you all in Nashville. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Practitioner's Podcast, where we're applying Jesus-style disciple-making to everyday life. This episode and all of our episodes are powered by Navigators Church Ministries, which focuses on helping churches and disciples make disciples who can make disciples. For more information, check out their website, navigatorschurchministries.org. Good morning, Justin. Good morning, Tony. We're back. We're back. Justin, tell everybody who this episode is for, because I'm really excited about this one. I want to jump right in. Yeah, absolutely. So this episode is perfect for those of you who are looking for a tool to help you stay focused in disciple making. So the way I think about it, it's like a pocket pocket sized tool, pocket sized guide that's really helpful, not just for the disciple maker, but also for the disciple. I love that. I think before we get into the tool itself, maybe it would be helpful if we took some time to define uh, what a tool is in Jesus-style disciple-making and how we define that and how it's a little bit different than program-driven disciple-making. Do you want to talk about that for a minute? Yeah, sure. So we actually have done an episode or maybe two on tools in the past, but this season we're going to be looking at a a few specific tools Uh, to help us in disciple-making. And the way we define a tool is tools are an extension of ourselves that help us accomplish a job or a task or a goal. And so in disciple-making, they're an extension of us. They're not, um, they're distinguished from curriculum or content in that the tool is not doing the work. The tool is helping us to do the work and it comes out of us, from us, right? An extension of us. So tools are really helpful when we know them and use them and share them. Yeah. One of the things I tell people when I'm talking about disciple making, or if I'm talking to someone I'm discipling, is that disciple making always needs to be intentional, relational, and reproducible. Mm -hmm. And a good tool usually helps with intentionality and reproducibility. So a tool is something that you can give to anyone and they can use it and a tool is also brings a certain amount of intentionality to a particular um, meeting. So if I'm meeting with someone and we're talking about um, how to stay focused in disciple making, I'll use the tool that we're going to talk about today. Yeah. Yeah. Another thing that's super important about tools just to understand is that um, they're contextual, right? So if you think about tools you use, uh, around the house and the kitchen and the garage, wherever you're using a tool, they're applied for a specific purpose. And they do some things really well, and then other things they're not very good for. And so uh, disciple-making tools are like that. So let's jump in then, Tony, unless you, you have something else. 
You may. Well, I was going to say that, that this season we're going to be intentional about calling out tools a little bit more on the podcast. Yeah. That was part of some of our pre-planning. Yep. Um, and if so, if you are like, man, I want more tools, the best way to make sure that you don't miss a tool is to take a moment right now and hit that subscribe button wherever you listen to podcasts and make sure, because you know, these episodes are coming out every other week this season. And so there will be a section of them that will all be tool-based and you don't want to miss those wherever you listen to podcasts. Yeah. Awesome. So today's tool is called the Disciple Maker's Loop. The Disciple Maker's Loop. And this is, again, a tool to help us stay focused in disciple making. And I want you to picture a circle in your mind. And again, you can click in the show notes and see an image of this. And it really talks us through a circular process that we go through as disciple makers. We go through it with those that we disciple. And I'm going to run through the six steps that we go through over and over and over again with disciples. And then we'll zoom in and look at each step a little more closely. Uh, So the first step is teach them what. So we're going to teach them what. Second one, tell them why. Third one, show them how. Fourth one, get them started. Fifth one, keep them going. And the sixth one, help them pass it on. So that's the loop, right? I'm going to say it quick now. Teach them what, tell them why, show them how, get them started, keep them going help them pass it on. Tony, let's start looking at each one of those, um, kind of zooming in for us. Yeah. um, And also, full disclosure, we we use the word him because Justin and I only disciple guys one-on-one. So it can be him or her, whatever uh, pronoun you prefer on all that jazz. So teach him what? So the first step is to teach him about the idea of of why we're doing this, the most common kind of ground of disciple making uh, to teach them about prayer, right? How do we do it? What does it mean? What's it look like? Teaching is important to the process. And I said prayer, but it could really be about anything. You're going to teach him the main idea. I think about Second uh, Timothy 3.16, that all scripture is God-breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, and correcting in Christ Jesus. So when we think about teaching, what we think about is I'm showing up as the disciple maker to a meeting, right? And I'm going to be prepared to present some biblically based idea. Now I'm, I'm going to teach him what we're doing. I'm going to teach him what the main point is. I'm going to teach him what the goal is here. And so it's that very first step in the disciple makers loop where I'm going to teach him what. So a, a great example, if I was going to teach about the disciple makers loop, I would say what we're doing here is we're showing you a tool for when you go to disciple someone else this is the idea. We're going to teach it. And then we're going to go into step two, which is this. Yeah. So number two is tell them why. Right. And tell them, why don't we just go through prayer? You mentioned it. We can just roll with that. So okay. Um, so the what, if you were teaching the what, you'd be talking about what is prayer, right? And in disciple making, you can uh, grade that or make that different levels depending on the person that you're working with or the couple people that you're working with. Are you talking about Prayer 101, prayer 201, grad school sort of prayer, you know, the sort of prayer that uh, is a mystery to all of us. So this is what you're thinking about prior to going into the meeting. Um, The second one then is tell them why. So after they understand what prayer is, they need to know why it's important, right? Why does a disciple uh, need to pray? And the why helps disciples build conviction and motivation um, towards whatever it is you're teaching. And so the why, you're most often going to address the why through the scriptures and through personal testimony. So 
I pray not just because the scripture says it's important, not only because Jesus did it and modeled it in his life. I need to have a personal testimony to put flesh on that and say, well, yeah, it's not just talking about it in the Bible. It actually has relevance and meaning in my life. And here's the reason why I pray. So the why is both of those things. Again, it's typically scripture and personal testimony. And what that why does is it builds inner conviction and motivation, which leads us to the third step in the loop. The third step is the one that I like the most because I like, I'm so relational anyway, I like to show them how, right? So that's the third step. So the first step, uh, teach him, teach her, tell him, tell her, show him, show her, right? So I'm going to show how. So if we think about the prayer model, this would actually be praying with them, praying with them through something. Now, this is also a place where if you think about the disciple makers loop as a tool, this is a tool within a tool, right? So if I'm going to show them how to do it, I may use like a, a tool to help show exactly how to do it. Like the, if we stay with that prayer, the ACTS acronym, right? Adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication. I may present that tool as I show him how, right? Think about it like this. If you're building a house, you need a saw, but one of the things that help you with the saw is a square, right? So that you can cut straight lines. It's a tool within a tool, so when I show him how, I'm going to, to model exactly what I'm talking about, right? One of the age-old expressions you've heard on this podcast before is more is caught than taught. This is the caught, right? This is the opportunity to actually pray together. And so one of the other things that, you know, we are constantly modeling kind of what we expect from the people that we're pouring into, and that's how we show them how. So... It, you know, if you want someone to do it well, you have to show them first. Even if you think they know how to do it, this shows your willingness to step into the next step with them, right? So I'm not just modeling for modeling's sake. I'm modeling because we're on the same team. We're moving in the loop together. We're part of um, we're part of this process together. That's awesome. Yeah, one of the things I love about that how to is. The modeling, like you just said, Tony, it's personal, right? There's there's an incarnational element to it. There's a relationship element to it. It's not just information. It's it's life on life, right? Yeah, and so that's right. that leads us then to the fourth step. Uh, so we've told them, taught them what, tell them why, show them how, and now we're getting him started. So the goal is not just at the head. The goal is not just at the heart. The goal is getting people moving and doing these things because we believe that transformation doesn't just follow information. Transformation is a result of information application. So this is where we start to move into application with the one that we're discipling. And so really think of this as a goal setting step with that person you're discipling. And it should be done cooperatively or collaboratively. And so That's good. what works best isn't just saying, okay, I now you understand why it's so important and you know what to do and I've shown you how to do it. And so I want you to start praying an hour every day and we'll check back in a week, right? That's not going to work for you. So what you need to do is use questions and ask things like, hey, what is the current reality of, of prayer look like for you? You know, and, and it, listen are they praying at all? Are they just praying before meals or just before bed? Um, and then you can ask questions of, well, what would it look like for you to take that next step in prayer? 
And if they have thoughts and, and opinions about that, that's great. You can help move those into things that help them develop. If they don't, you might need to ask or suggest some things like, hey, do you think you could pray for five minutes a day at least three or four times this week? And some of them might say, well, yeah, I think I could do that. Others might say, wow, I don't know, um, maybe just two minutes. Okay, well, we can start with that. Others might say, well, I think I could do even longer than that. Great, but the important thing here in getting them started is collaboratively using questions from where they are now to that next step so that they can get long-term to a mature um, prayer life that has some depth and meaning for them. And so again, getting them started, collaborative conversation, using at, uh, questions to ask, um, and setting those goals for them. Next one. Yeah, I think one of the things that's important to note about that is that when you get them started, what you're doing is you're transferring the loop from your loop to their loop, right? So you're transferring the ownership mm. to their goal, mm -hmm. which is why the next step, the fifth step is really important. And the fifth step sounds simple, but it requires intentionality from the disciple maker. And it's, it's keep them going. Right. And so you're going to get somebody started on a discipline that's hopefully transformational. But in order to get to transformation, you have to do it multiple times, right? You can't just pray twice and then all of a sudden feel like you got it under under wraps, right? Like it takes a lifetime. It's why disciple making is a, a long and intentional, messy process. And so th that means that as we start somebody off on this new tool that we're using, whether that's prayer or scripture reading or really anything, you've got to be the person that intentionally reaches out to see how they're doing, right? We don't want to give up on the discipline because we think they've got it, you know, check and then move on. What we want to do is make sure that we're doing constant checkbacks. We're asking how the Lord is showing up in the practices that we've set into motion through the disciple makers loop. We want to make sure that we're being super intentional, like months of intentionality of doing it. Because what we don't want, right, we don't want to introduce a, a discipline and then let it just fall to the wayside. I see this happen a lot with scripture memorization, is that somebody will memorize a scripture and then we'll never talk about it again. And then when you need it, it's not there because we, we stopped mm -hmm. flexing that muscle. Mm -hmm. So whether that's prayer or scripture or scripture memorization, all of those tools fit into the disciples makers loop. And step number five is the difference between short-term uh, usage and long-term understanding. And so keep them going is really about long-term understanding. And as the disciple maker, you may need to set something on your phone, on your calendar, on your notes, as it pertains to the person you're pouring into to be like, Hey, I need to check in on Justin and how he's doing on prayer. Right. And, and some of the ways to do that, to, to be efficient about it is just make sure Make notes in your calendar for future meetings so that you don't forget it. Because if you're anything like me, you'll introduce something, you'll get excited that they got it, and then you're on to the next topic and you're not keeping it going. Anything yeah. to add to that, Justin? Yeah, well, that's so important because this is a step that keeps us in check as far as from helping us stay aligned that we're not just educating people here. The goal is transformation. And so what we tend to do is teach. And once they understand, we move on and never come back. But like you're saying, it's that long-term application that we're after because that's what's going to drive that transformation in them. Um, so now we're on to our number six, the last part of the loop, help and pass it on. And this is, again, another one that a lot of people miss. 
because we're so focused on the person across from us that sometimes we miss the people that they're going to impact. And so one of the one of the reasons this is in the loop is because from very early on, from the beginning of the times that you're discipling this person, you want to establish a pattern and a rhythm of the things that they learn with you, they're going out and giving it to somebody else. Learn something, get something, go pass it on to somebody else. And so even as I'm teaching a tool like the Disciple Maker's Loop or the Wheel or some other ones, once they have it at a conceptual level, I'm asking them, okay, well, who can you share this with in the next week? And so they are not only setting themselves up for their own transformation, but they're setting themselves up for who they're going to impact and disciple in the future. And a lot of times, it's those people that they're regularly giving things to anyway, as I'm discipling them, that they start to think, well, maybe I could disciple that person because those people are becoming really interested and growing from the things that they're already getting from the things they've been passed, right? So helping them pass it on. So it's those six steps in the disciple makers loop. Tony, we have a few minutes left. Can you, I want to hear from you, um, how this tool has impacted you. And then maybe we can look at from a church perspective, um, which aspects of the loop the church is traditionally strong on and which one the church is traditionally uh, a little weaker in. Yeah. So I I think one of the important things about the tool for me is because um, I'm so relational, I don't oftentimes have a roadmap on what I'm going to do with whatever I'm presenting in the disciple making meeting, right? So like early on in my journey with disciple making, I was always really good about teaching because I teach a lot. I love to teach. I love to talk, obviously. Um, and so one of the things that I would do is I would show up and I would teach some content and then I would just give it to them and then that was it. So I was giving information without application. The disciple makers loop, what it really does for me is it forces me to be intentional in the application part of my disciple making, right? So it's not enough to just do step one, but two, three, four, five, six. And now all of a sudden I've gone from being the teacher to by the time we get to step six, being the student, right? So step six, help them pass it on. Well, now what's happening is they're passing it on and then they're coming back to tell me about it. Or I'll even ask them to teach it to me when they get back, right? So like that's that's another way to kind of close the loop and go through the whole thing. And as somebody who lacks intentionality in most part of my disciple making, this is just like a um, kind of a, a go-to tool. Honestly, I need to use it more than I do because oftentimes I'll just get distracted, right? Like mm. if you get me in scripture long enough, I'll get distracted by the why or, I'll, you know, and I, I'll mm-hmm. forget that it's more than information. It's application over time that leads to transformation. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. Right. And for those who kind of lean a little more relationally, uh, this is the type of tool that really will help keep you focused. And it helps keep the disciple focused, too, as far as like, okay, this is what we're doing. And there's not that you name these out when you're moving through them, but they feel that things are on track and are moving forward just as you move through the loop uh, in your meeting together. Tony, when you think about the church, Um, which aspects of the disciple makers loop is the church traditionally really good at and which ones are the church not so good at? Ooh, that's a good question. I I would say that the, the 
church is traditionally pretty good at number one, right? We're really good at teaching them, right? Teaching her. We're really good about teaching them what's important, why it's important. I would say that we're not good at uh, five and six, right? So the vision of reproduction is rough. So I would say that we're pretty good at one and two. Um, we're not great about three because we don't think about it that much. Right. And then um, four, five, and six really struggles. So the first half of the loop where I can monologue something to a group of people, yeah. that's traditional Sunday school. Yeah. Right? Like, I mean, yeah. that's, the, that's the Sunday school that I grew up with. Yep. Right? And, and have seen in lots of churches. Let me tell you about what I learned and why it's important. Yeah. And that's it. But yeah. we don't often go to that next part which is get them started, keep them going, pass it on. Right. Yep. And that's why I believe preaching will never be sufficient on its own to make disciples, right? It's a piece of the puzzle, but it it doesn't work to make disciples only through preaching because we miss that life on life, show them how. We yeah. miss the life on life, getting them started, life on life, keeping them going. And the passing it on normally just doesn't happen because they haven't done it themselves. And so the Disciple Makers Loop, again, it really, really helps us. It's one of those tools that we can go back to. And no matter where the person or people are that you're discipling, the Disciple Makers Loop is a helpful tool to know what to do and and how to do um, with those people that you're working with. Tony, would you walk us through um, just the takeaway and our action step? Sure. And before I do that, just as a reminder, in the show notes is a link to a a visual image of the Disciple Makers Loop. So check that out. The takeaway for today is the Disciple Makers Loop is a pocket-sized guide that helps you stay focused on intentional Jesus-style disciple making. The Disciple Making Loop is a pocket-sized guide to help you stay focused in disciple making. The action step. Come on, guys. You knew this one even before I said it. Memorize the loop and teach it to two people. Memorize the loop, teach it to two people. Let us know. We'd love to hear your feedback. You can reach out to us on any of the links below in the show notes. Super thankful for each and every one of you. Make sure you hit that subscribe button wherever you listen to podcasts. Leave a rating or review on iTunes or Spotify. And the highest compliment you can give us, share this episode with a friend. Maybe somebody who you know wants to be a better disciple maker, wants to be intentional. They need it. We need it. Thank you guys so much. And we'll talk to you real soon.